Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Has this been a good place to be so far? So far, so good. Yeah, man, I am so happy to be with you. I'm so glad to worship with you all today. And I'm just praying God continues to meet you here. However, he already is meeting you. I'm just praying that he keeps doing that. Uh, welcome back. And, and if you're new, if you're visiting here, which I know some of you are, fall, when we kick fall off, we got a lot of new people coming. Welcome. So glad that you're here. If you're with a friend or you're checking us out, I'm glad that you're here. For those of you watching online, wherever and whenever you're watching from, I want to say hello to you as well. My name's Andy. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here and uh, just uh, praying uh, for you wherever you are and praying that you come uh, join us uh, as soon as you can. So glad you're watching wherever you are. Uh, so let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those and grab your sermon notes there. We're going to get to it today and open up to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. We are starting a brand new series uh, for the fall. And over the next four weeks, uh, I'm really excited to see what happens. I, I am really excited to see uh, what God does with us here uh, at River Ridge Church for the fall. Uh, and, and now here's the thing, I said the fall. Can any of you believe the fall's already here? It's like fall gave summer a noogie and was like, get out of my way, I'm coming with my stress and my chaos and my schedules and school. And I already wanna call time out. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm already like, I'm done. I'm done with you, fall. Fall don't care, fall's like, I'm here, deal with me. And, uh, but you know, so much st stuff happens in the fall. And even here, uh, that's the way it is with church here at River Ridge Church. There is so much happening in the fall, but that's what I love about the fall uh, here at River Ridge Church. We have so much things going on. We, we have groups that are starting up. And so we heard that a little bit. You're gonna be hearing about getting in community over the next several weeks. There are hundreds of you out there that are already connected in groups. And in the fall, uh, more than any other time of year, more people get signed up uh, to take a step in community. So you're gonna be hearing about that over the next uh, couple of weeks. We have a lot of stuff that kicked off. We had our, our mops group, mothers, preschoolers, they, they kicked off this past Sunday. There were over 80 moms uh, who showed interest in the mothers of preschoolers group. I thought it was a huge number. It was just so good to kick that off. Um, ladies night, there's a big ladies night coming up this fall for you ladies out there. Uh, and there's this great conference for you step families out there. We, we are really uh, gearing up for that. And I'm telling you, if you're here in your step family, if you know somebody that is, that is going to be something you're not going to want uh, to miss. And last week, uh, even our student ministry kicked off their middle school and high school year with the Amazing Race where we had 187 kids show up and do the Amazing Race. I'm going to say that again. 187 kids came to be a part of That's amazing. That's a huge number. That's like half my high school when I was growing up. That's amazing to me. That's all, when I see that number, it blows my mind. You 13, man, if 13 of you missed, you could have got to 100, 200. I, would have, I wanted to say 200 today, but 187 was amazing. Um, so man, it's just a happening place to be. And, and here's what we know. We also know that in the fall, I don't know why, it's just what happens. In the fall, more things happen spiritually spiritually for people here at River Ridge Church than any other time of year. It's really amazing to see. Like we see more visitors come. We see more people coming uh, consistently. Uh, and we see people take big steps of faith uh, in this season of life, in this rhythm that we have around River Ridge Church, either getting baptized, rededicating their lives to Jesus. Uh, it is just an awesome time uh, to be around here. It's an awesome place to be here. So I'm looking forward to see what God does here over the next couple of months. Uh, and so with this in mind, what we are gonna do, we're gonna kick off this series called Reconnect. Uh, with fall coming, we just, you know, there's going to be something for everybody here, no matter who you are, where you are in this journey with God. I really think that you're going to be able to connect with God in a new way if you stick with us. And so over the next four weeks, here's what we're going to be doing. Here's what we're going to be looking at. How on earth do we have a relationship with our heavenly father? 
What, what does that mean? What does it look like? And more importantly, how can I get past the barriers that seem to block me so often from God? So that's what the next four weeks are gonna look like. We're gonna be just in this journey together. And just like with the fall, uh, where we have to kind of reset some things, right? We have to reset from the summer. I think that's what many of us need to do and many of us do uh, in, in coming up with God in our faith. That we need to reset. We need to relook at something. So, so here's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna take some time together where we're gonna reconnect with God. God. Doesn't that just feel so well? It's like, yeah, that's what I need. I, I need to connect with God. I just need to connect with him. So that's what we're going to do over the next four weeks. And I honestly believe if you stay with us over the next four weeks, uh, it's going to help every one of us know how we think about God. It's going to help you in how you think about God and what our connection to him can be. All right, let's get to it. Psalm 34. This is going to be the big idea of the whole series. Uh, and this is, I love how to kick this off with this uh, Psalm right here, because it's an invitation to every single person, no matter where you land with God. This is Psalm 34, eight. Here's what it says. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. I love this verse. I love it because it is so invitational. He says, go see for yourself. Don't even take my word for it. Don't take somebody else's. Don't go off your feelings. Go in and look for yourself. Go to the source, go to God and see and taste that he is in fact so, so good. That's what he says. So here's the, the big idea for the whole series. Uh, if you're taking notes, if you catch this, I believe God will show up and I think you will find more purpose in your life if you really go in this no matter where you are and you will find a better connection with him from being a Christian for 40 years to brand new in your faith to somebody who's still on the fence, somebody who's still trying to figure out how do I actually really understand this God? And here's what it is. I really believe this with everything I got. I believe the more I discover who God really is, the closer I want to be to him. That's the big idea. I think the more you understand who he really is, the closer you will want to be with him. And that's the trick to this whole thing, because here's what I'm going to say as you're writing that down. See, I think for a lot of people and why this is so important for us to be kicking off the fall with is I think how we've discovered God either growing up or talking to people or some of us even uh, in certain churches' experiences, uh, what we learn about God, unfortunately, isn't who God really is sometimes. And it's not because we wanted to you know, learn about God in the wrong way or, or people even had bad intentions. It has nothing to do with that. But a lot of times people either get an incomplete statement about who God is or a skewed version of who he is. And depending on when you hear this and who you actually hear it from, it is really hard to shake those preconceived notions about God and then relearn because they're already just in you. Isn't that so true? Like those thoughts are already in you depending on when and, and who you learn this stuff from. It's like, uh, it's like when you learn a song, uh, but you learn it the wrong wrong way uh, and you sing it the wrong way, but it's just in you to sing it that way. The other day uh, I was listening to the radio and there was a song. I have no idea the name of the song. I don't even know who sings it, but I, it got in my brain and, it, and the song was run around, run around, run around, throwing that dirt up on my knee. And I'm like, why would somebody throw dirt on this guy's knee? Like I didn't understand. And so I was walking around the house and I was singing it throw that dirt upon my name. And Courtney said, hey, it's throw that dirt up on my name. And I'm like, oh, that, that makes sense. That makes more sense, like throwing dirt on your name. But it's just what I thought it was. And so, but it was easy for me to kind of, it wasn't like ingrained in my soul, that song. That just changed really quick. Uh, you know, so it wasn't foundational in my life. However, however, for some reason, 
My five-year-old calls sheets tacos. I don't know why. We have no idea why he calls sheets tacos, but he does. He goes, dad, and we, we just let it go. He said, dad, can we go to tacos and get a snack? And I'm like, sure, let's go to tacos and get a snack. No idea why he calls it tacos, but we've let it go for so long that I wondered if I could fix that. And so the other day I, I leaned down when we were at sheets and I said, uh, hey buddy, um, you know, this place is called sheets. And he looked at me like I gave him a trig problem to solve. He was like this. Like, yeah, he just couldn't, it was in his soul. Like, he was like, no, this is tacos. And, and you know, it's the same way. This is, this is where I want to come with me here. It's the same way how some of us see God. Sometimes we get these things we learn and they're off and uh, they're not entirely right. And so what we need to do is we need to restart. We need to relearn. We need to shift our thinking and understand how to get to the right way of thinking and seeing who God is. So here's the invitation. This is the invitation from Psalm 34, eight. This is the invitation that God still has for you today. God wants you to taste and see. He wants you to look for yourself. He wants you to see who he really is, to investigate and go to the source. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. If you do that, you are going to find what so many people who do this find because everyone, I'm telling you right now, everyone who sees God for who he really is, it will only drive them towards him and never away. So before we get to, in this series, before we get to how we connect with God, that's gonna be the next three weeks. There are three vital avenues. Uh, if you're curious about how we connect and keep that connection going with God, well, there are three vital avenues that we connect. And if you unlock those three keys to your life, I'm telling you, you will be on track to find the life God wants you to have. But before we do that, today what I wanna do is I just wanna look at a question, why? Why connect with God? Why connect him with God at all? Because before we start figuring out how, we need to actually be settled on why God is worth staying connected to. So here's what we're gonna do. If you got your notes out there, you're gonna see how we're gonna do this. We're gonna take a look at four common reasons that people have for why they don't get closer to God. And then we're gonna look at four truths about God in those areas so that we can see for ourselves where we got things right about God and maybe where we need to restart or, or maybe reconnect to the God who made you and loves you and wants a way for you. And he sent Jesus here to die for you because you matter so much to him. So that's what we're gonna do this morning. You up for that? You up for that today? All right, that's what we're gonna do, okay? So we're gonna start each one of these with a common thought about God and then look at what the Bible has to say to counter that thought, that misconception, because what these are are misconceptions about our relationship with God. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing we're gonna look at. The first thing that keeps people from connecting with God, if you're taking notes, is God loves me as long as. That's what people believe. God loves me as long as. This is how a lot of people think that God loves them. It's conditional love. Like if I stay in line, if I'm good, then he likes me. You know, and if I do something wrong or if I make a mistake, then I'm on the list. It's like I'm on Santa's naughty list. Like it's, and as I thought about it, I think a lot of people do see uh, God the way they see Santa, unfortunately, right? It's like, you know what I mean? He's like, you know, he's making a list and he's checking it twice, you know? And then he says, you know, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows, why do we teach this song to our kids? It's creepy. He knows when you're awake, like, and he knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Ah! Like that's what, I mean, why do we teach this? But listen to me, that's how a lot of us see God. We take that and we have this mindset and then we say, well, I gotta try to get in God's good graces. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make these efforts and some days are better than others. We do good, right? I'm good today and we work or we try and then we try to be good enough. And by the way, that's the premise, just in case you wanna know, that's the premise of every other religion in the world except for Christianity. That's the premise that I work my way. I become good enough to find peace or, or nirvana or enlightenment that I earn God's favor. That's every other religion. 
But when we fail, which gang, listen to me, that's the problem with every other religion. You will fail because our human condition means that we will not be perfect. Everybody agrees on that. And when I think, listen to me, when I think that God loves me just as long as, then I'm not good enough today. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna stay away from him until I can get good enough to get back. Unfortunately, that's how a lot of us live our life, that he's probably disappointed me, so I stay away. And so many people go through life thinking that God is so disappointed in them, or at best, he tolerates me because he has to love me. And that's just not true. That's so untrue, gang. See, for people who stay connected with God, who stay connected with God, they know the truth that keeps them connected to him no matter what. And the truth is that God loves me as I am. God loves me as I am. The true God loves people, you gotta catch this, no matter who they are, what they've done, no matter how big a hole they've dug themselves in, God's love for you, you gotta listen to this, God's love for you is infinite. It's unconditional, it's powerful, it's personal, it's directed, it's constant. How great of a God do we have that loves us like that? The whole story, listen, if you just think about it, the whole story from beginning to end of how God made you, what he did to make a way for you and wants to have a relationship with you, it's all about love. It's all about love. Just a few places to see this. If you wanna write these passages down really quick, uh, Psalm 136, 26 says this about the incredible truth of God's love. It says, give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. Man, his love is steadfast which means, here's what this means. It means it won't buckle. It's unwavering. It's amazing. And you can lean on it no matter what. And it endures, it says, not just when you have a good day. It doesn't endure just for today. And then we'll see about tomorrow. No, no, no. It endures forever. I love looking at one of the most famous scriptures in the whole Bible with this lens of God's love, John three sixteen, because it's so black and white about who God really loves. Check this out. It says, for God so loved who? The world, not just the good people. He loved the entire world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Look, this is what Jesus said and I want us to catch this. You see, Jesus didn't say God will love you once you believe. He didn't say that. He says God loves you so much that he did something even before you took a step to love him back that he sent Jesus, his son, to come and do something for you. What is it that, that Jesus did? What did he do? Well, let's keep reading John three sixteen. in the next verse. It's amazing when you think about God's love and our sin. This is amazing what God does. This is the next verse. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So God, in his love, sent Jesus here to come and tell us about the kingdom of God, God's incredible love, not to condemn the world, that's what it says, did you catch that? But to show his amazing, unbelievable, unconditional, everlasting, steadfast love. And, and here's what I, because some of us wrestle with this love that God has when we think about other things going on in our lives or, or more importantly, other people's lives. We always look at other people with this lens. But here's what I wanna tell you. The fact that God loves you that much and so unconditionally, it does not take away one bit of God being completely holy and righteous and that he cannot take sin. He cannot tolerate sin. But here's what I wanna tell you. At the center of God, right at the center of who God is, is his great love for you. Those work together. And see, that's where a whole lot of people, I think, get messed up. They get messed up. So I want you to catch this because I think it'll help you whether uh, you know, you've, you're hearing a believer for a long time or you're really on the fence. You're still trying to figure out uh, how to follow Jesus, what God's all about. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. This is what we gotta catch. You see, God's love for you is not based on who you are. 
You see, God's love for you is based only on who God is. And that makes a world a difference. And because of that, this is what the big deal about it is. Because his love is based on him and not you, it's a love that is detached from any good you do or mess up you make because it's only on his character that he loves you and not yours. It's a love that caused him to send Jesus down here to die for you, to to actually make a substitution for you that by his sacrifice on his death on the cross that all that happened to save you because he loves you so much and all that happened before you did anything. He loves you that much. And here's what I'm gonna tell you, gang. When you see God's love in that way, when you see this kind of love, it drives you. It drives you towards him and then it causes some things to happen in your life like pursuing his way. Like, like living a life for God and not against God. That's what happens. But here's the truth that we got to catch in this first, um, in this first area. The, the truth is people who seek out and find him and stay connected more with God than in their everyday life is they know and they believe that God loves them as much now as he ever did and as he ever will. How many believe in that here today? How many believe in God's love like that today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about we clap instead of holding our hands up? Yeah, let's believe in that, yeah. I saw a bunch of hands. I want to hear it, yeah. Another reason why people don't stay as connected with God is because they think he's distant. They think he's distant. And I think this is one where I think a lot of people would say they they have experience with. God just, you know, doesn't seem like he's close. You know, he's far away. You pray, but he doesn't answer. You you read the Bible, but it's like not like he's speaking to me. And and you seek God, but it seems like he's hiding. And, and, you know, when things seem not fair, when they seem imbalanced, it's like he doesn't care what happens to people I love or, or my problem to go away. And for some people, it takes away from their connection with God. Because why would you connect to a God who doesn't seem to care or respond? But, but here's for this one more than any of the other three that we're gonna look at today. I think there's gonna be something that I wanna do that I think will help you if you're here and it takes away from your connection with God. So I'm gonna do something here this morning. I need, I need you Jesus followers in here to help me a little bit, to help those of us who are really having a hard time connecting with God because of this. Uh, so if you're here and you're a Jesus follower, I want you to help some of these folks out. How many of you would say that there were times in your Christian life as a Jesus follower where you felt like God was distant? Help us out and raise your hands if you think that's true in your Christian life that you felt everybody look around look around with that hand man okay you could put them down here's the truth here's the truth about this one here's what I'm gonna tell you if you're here and that takes away from your connection with God he seems this he's not close you see there isn't a person alive who hasn't felt that a time or two in their life you're not alone I'm gonna tell you that again you are not alone and feeling sometimes that God's not answering and he's distant. But what people who stay connected to God know is that despite how they feel, that God is still there, that God is close. God is close. When we start to feel uh, that God is distant, people who stay connected with God more often than not, when we feel like that, we, we remember some things. We remember that when we start reading in the Bible that we see people like David, one of the most prominent men in the whole Old Testament, he felt distant from God. He cries out in a Psalm saying, why do you hide from me? We remember people like Job with all the things that happened to him and the things that he said. We, and even Jesus, God's own son, when he was dying on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I can't feel you right now, God, where are you? We remember that we aren't alone, that God is still close, even though we don't feel like he is. See, because people who know God is close, this is really key. You gotta catch this if you're here and it's taken away from your connection. They don't use just emotion as their gauge. People who stay connected with God, they use other things other than emotion as their gauge. They know that if you don't always feel connected to God, that that's normal because they know feelings alone are not the only evidence of the presence of God. So, you know, maybe you're here today and I know you are 
And you're like, man, it doesn't seem like he cares. Doesn't he seems like he's just putting the earth in motion and, and everything is happening, is just happening. And, and you think, I don't feel anything. What I want to say to you is you're not alone in that. You're not alone. And here's what I'm gonna tell you too. It doesn't mean that God isn't close. In fact, sometimes he uses that very thing to draw you closer to him. Have you ever heard the phrase, absence makes the heart grow fonder? Sometimes he uses that to draw you closer to him. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament is about God's presence. I love this. Joshua 1.9, it says, have I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Listen, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love that reminder and that promise of God in my life. God is always with you. Listen to me. Even when you don't feel it, don't ever forget it. And we remember that truth when our feelings want to tell us something different. He's close. He's close. A third reason why people who don't stay as connected to God as they even want to or are not sure about why is because actually sometimes they believe God is life-taking. They, they, they believe he's life-taking. People look at the rules, right? And they're like thinking God is like a killjoy, right? It's like, man, I mean, he's taken away from the life that I like living, right? There's rules about sex and there's rules about getting drunk and there's rules about forgiving people. I really don't like that one. And there's rules about, you know, loving people that I don't even like. And I, I just, I like the life that I have and, and I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna ignore some of those things and, and then I'll just kind of pepper God in, you know, where it's most convenient. I'm just gonna live, because I kind of like my life. He's, he kind of takes away from some of the life that I think is worth living. There are a lot of people that live like that. There are a lot of people in here that live your life like that. They don't live a godly life. They try to live their way and sprinkle God in where it's convenient. And here's what you don't see when you live like that. You see, what you don't see is when you live life like that, it takes away from your vital connection to your heavenly father. But they do that because they really believe that following God the way that we should takes away from their life. But here, here's the truth. When you start looking really at the God of the Bible, when you see who he really is and why he says what he says, and then you see people who live in this really connected way where they actually follow what he says and they're obedient to his way of living, they do it because they know that God isn't life-taking. In fact, that he is a life-giver. God is life-giving. That's what they believe. What people uh, who are connected with God know is that from the very beginning all the way to today, that God is all about injecting real, abundant, fulfilling life in us. When you go to the very first book of the Bible, you see it right away, right off the bat, when he created the very first person. Here's what he says in Genesis 2-7. I hope we catch these things in this one. This is really amazing. Genesis 2-7 says this, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Did you catch that? Only God makes life. He's the only one that can create life. No one, to my knowledge, has ever come close to figuring out how they can make life out of nothing. God's the only one. And here's what it does for people who stay connected to God, just to come along with me. You see, knowing that God breathed life into every one of us here, you see, it starts to change our way of thinking into looking about who God is and actually the authority that he may have in the way that we ought to live, just, you know, since he made me. Like, that's what people who connect with him more often than I do. They say, well, he made me, breathe life into me, so I got to listen to what he says. But there's more. There's more about how much he gives life to us. Not only does he breathe us into existence that he makes us, there's more. Jesus said this in John 10, 10 about how he gives us life. Jesus said this in another picture of God. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and life abundantly. 
So catch this, man, this is even better. So not only does God give us life, but then Jesus comes in and says, he also desires, by the way, to give you full life, like a fullness of life. That following another path of living, it's not gonna get you there. It won't, it's short-lived, it's temporary fulfillment, and a lot of times it'll hurt you and it'll hurt others if you don't live the way that God says you should live. So people who connect with God at this level, see, they know, this is what they know, gang. This is the key. They know that everything he tells us, every rule, every, every law, every principle to go by is so that you have the best life to live here right now that you are able to have. And, and if that isn't even enough, that he made you and that, that he gave you the best way to live this life, there's even more life that God wants to give you. Isn't that crazy? There's more life that he wants to give you. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, here's what it says. It says, what no eye has seen nor ear heard nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. People who stay connected with God, they also know another big thing about how God gives us life. It's that God has prepared eternal life for those who love him. Isn't that amazing? That he is getting ready for eternity with us. I was listening to a pastor talk about uh, this and he said this, it really stuck out to me. Here's what he said about heaven. He said, think about this. Everything we've experienced in this life will be totally eclipsed in the first five minutes with God in heaven. That blows my mind. Everything, we, it'll be blown away in the first five minutes in heaven with God. Man, God never takes away. He just gives you life and life abundantly and then eternal life on top of that as you follow him. And sometimes it's bumpy. Sometimes life with God is bumpy, isn't it? Sometimes it's not the path of least resistance, but it's all for purpose. It's all about purpose because people who stay connected with God more, they know life's worth pursuing. It's not about the pain-free life. It's about the purpose-filled life, right? Here's what I wanna tell you. Here's what I wanna tell you. No one believes in you more or has the best for your life more than your heavenly father. All he wants to do is inject you with more life fulfillment than any other thing or any other entity that exists on this earth because he is a life giver. Do some of you agree with that? Do some of you agree with that this morning here? Yeah, he's a life giver. Last one is that people who don't reconnect with God as much, uh, it's because it's a trust thing. They, they, they can't trust. They won't, they won't connect to a God they can't trust. With the things we encounter in life, and it gets us to a question where we face a decision. All of us come to this point in our lives where we have to make a hard choice. And here's the question that comes. Can I trust God? When trust, listen to what I'm gonna tell you. In any relationship, here's what we know. When trust is an issue in any relationship, then connection gets lost. It gets lost in a marriage. It gets lost in a friendship. When trust is an issue, connection is lost. But, but here's the last truth. And this is the best truth. That's why I held on to this to be the last one with people who stay connected with him. Here's what they hold on to the most when actually they're in the mess of life. And it's this, he is a promise keeper. God is a promise keeper. God, if you read in the Bible, this is what's amazing about God. God has made thousands of promises in the Bible. And what's more amazing than the number of promises he's made is that he has kept every single one of them. And God never makes a promise that he won't follow through on. It's amazing when you start to look at his promises and the fact that he keeps every single one of them. People who know that they can trust God, they lean on his promises. And this is why we lean on to these promises because it gives us hope and it gives us courage when things seem down and out because every single promise of God's, listen to me, it'll come through in your life. Every single one of them. Check out Psalm 145, 13. This is what it says about God. It says, the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. 
I came across a definition of faithfulness, and it really it stuck out to me really well. Faithfulness is keeping promises, but that's not all. It's keeping a promise over a long period of time. That's faithfulness. People who stay connected with God, see, here's how they hold on to the truth of God coming through with every promise. See, they trust God's timing that will come by and come out instead of waiting on our timing for everything to come through. Because here's what we know. We know that our thinking is temporary and God's isn't. It's something different. It's actually eternal. And so we trust on his timing for these promises to come through. Here's another thing uh, about God's promises that, that really like when I looked at it, there was a teaching that I was listening to and man, I, I felt like I wanted to say this this morning. I came across this and I hope you catch this like it caught me because it will change how you see God and his promises and what he's come through on with you. So check this out. This is 2 Peter 1.4. I want you to write that down and check it out for yourself because this is really deep, but here's what it says. It says, God has granted to us, listen to this description, his precious and very great promises so that, so the promises have a purpose through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. This is so huge to understand because when you begin to see how all these promises of God work, that we lean into these, that he's made these for you to actually grab onto and actually take into your life, then you will begin to shift. What this is saying, you will begin to shift being in the natural world. That, that's where everybody's defaulted, by the way. There are a lot of Christians also that, that live in natural lives, that the world's realities are overtaking God's realities more in their life. But listen, don't miss this. Don't miss this in this part here. God never intended you to live a natural life. He made you to live supernaturally. Isn't that amazing? That's what he's saying. That's pretty great about God's promises, isn't it? That you will live in a divine nature, not just an earthly nature. Let's keep reading because he keeps going. He says, having escaped with these promises, having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desires. So again, man, these promises are amazing. So not only does living out the promises of God cause you to participate in God's nature, they will also help you escape the corruption of the world. I mean, I want that. I don't want to be like hung up and caught by the corruption of this world. I want these in my life. So here's what I'm going to tell every single one of you here this morning, every person who can hear me, that offer is on the table for you. With like nothing attached, this offer of God is, is on the table for every single person to consider the promises that God has made to mankind, but it's an offer. It's an offer. There are many Christians who are saved, but they're not even really taking up the promises that are true of God. That's a reality and truth, but you have to see it and you have to take it to be changed by it. And the thing about God's promises, gang, here's the thing about they, they always come to be. Every promise will come to be. And here's why we have such a hard time with this. You know why? Because some of us are sitting there going, I don't know if I can really believe that. And here's why. You know why? You know why so many of us struggle with God's promises? Because every single one of us is on the other end of a broken promise, aren't we? We know how it feels and we know what it's like, but not God. God comes through in every single promise. He keeps all of his promises. Do you believe that God is a promise keeper here today? If you believe he's a promise keeper, will you just let God know that you know he keeps his promises? He is a promise keeper. So that's how we're gonna start this series. I wanna challenge you into your thinking about who God really is. And I want you to look at these things because here's what I'm, here's what I'm willing to bet. Here's what I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet that every single person in here has gone through a struggle or two at times in their lives with some of these misconceptions 
I know I've let those rattle in my life more than, more than I want to admit, but I, but I gotta restart. I gotta reconnect with who God really is. And we gotta go to the source to see that this is a God worth living for. This is a God worth following. And he is a God worth everything and having a connection to. And, and there are way more things that we had time to cover this morning. Uh, and so on your way out, what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you all a card. It's gonna be a card that has 40 truths about God that everybody should know. I want you to grab that. I want you to, over the next couple of weeks, to just take that and kind of go through those scriptures and just kind of write some things down and, and remember and be reminded about who God really is versus the misconceptions that I may have. And if you're watching online and you wanna know how to get that, you can find that on our website. If you just go to our sermons page, you can download uh, the PDF. I really want you to grab that and start thinking uh, through these times um, because I really really do think that this God of ours, he's awesome. But before we get to the how, we got to kind of sit and marinate on, on the why and who he really is. So um, I'm out of time. Let's, let's pray this morning. Just everybody kind of bow your heads maybe and, and close your eyes and just maybe just sit there for a second. Maybe let this kind of sit here for a minute. Here's what I'm going to say as you're kind of sitting there and, and praying, maybe thinking, I really think this series is going to help a lot of people but uh, it really does start right here with how you see God. I hope you hear that. It's only gonna start with, with how you see God. We need to reconnect with this God who loves us, who knows us, who stays close to us, who gives us life so we can trust him with everything we got. Some of us, I think, I just feel like in my own life right now, this is where I am. I just need to, I just need to be reminded of these things and I need to say, yes, that's right. That's, that's the kind of God I have. That's the kind of God that, that I know and I need to live for. And there's a couple of these that really hit home and, and, and to help us connect. So I wanna just encourage you as you're thinking, just do it. Step through those misconceptions. Step into the truths of who he is. And I just want you to take a minute and just think through some of these and maybe admit some things to God right now. Maybe, maybe I do have trust issues, God. You know what I want to do? Maybe if, if we have a minute or two, as we're praying, just as you're thinking, maybe, maybe it's time to just have an acknowledgement. I just think it, it means so much more if we sit there and think through these for real. And so I'm just going to ask you to do something to say, you know, uh, I think I'm here today, Andy. And as we're praying here, I, I really do need to come to God with some of these things because I do think that some of these misconceptions have ruled my life more than I want them to know. And so, so if you're here this morning, I want you to go through, through these four things. And if you want to admit to God right now, and maybe just raise your hand on some of these things, say, man, I'm ready to break through this misconception of God. And maybe it's one, maybe it's all of them. If we could do this together, maybe you're here and, and you go through that, that first one to say, man, I don't know it, 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 about knowing how God's love is for me. So unconditional that I really sometimes do think that God loves me just as long as if that's you and you want to admit to God right now this morning and you want to put your hand up just, just between you and God and say, no, that's me. That's me. I need to actually admit that. I, I believe just raise your hand high and acknowledge God. That's me. I, I need to actually lean into your love more, your unconditional love. Yeah. Just raise it high. That's awesome. Just let him know. Let him know. Yeah, that's you. Maybe you're here and, and, and you're, you're following God, but you're like, you know, I, I do, God, I feel like you're distant. I feel like I don't hear you and I need to understand you're close. Maybe if that's you and you want to acknowledge God, no, that's me. I feel like right now I need to just at least tell God, I feel distant from you, God. And I'm going to raise my hand and say, I'm distant. If you raise your hand right now, just, I'm telling you this will do something if you do this. If, if that's you, just raise your hand high and say, that's me. That's me. I feel distant right now, God. I know you're close. Just raise your hand right now. Let God know high in the air, high in the air. No one's looking. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. And maybe you're here and, and you're, you're struggling with trust. You're like, man, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I've really not given you enough credit, God, for the promises that you've always come through with and, and I need to trust you more. If that's you here and you need to put more trust in God and you wanna say, God, I need you, I need to trust you, just put your hand up if that's you, if that's you. 
Yeah. Yeah, okay. Last one. Last one. If you're here and you're thinking, I don't know if I'm really following God the way that he wants me to follow him. I think I'm kind of more living my life because I think he's taken life away from me. And I've just, I've been convinced today of the truth that he is a life giver and I need to lean more into that life giving God. If that's you here this morning and you need to raise your hand and tell God that, just say, God, I'm ready because I know that you inject nothing but life in me and I gotta start living your way better. And I'm gonna raise my hand right now high in the air to say, yes, that's me. That is me. That's who I am. And I am ready to lean in to who you are to give me life. Okay, man, that is awesome. It looks like God's doing some amazing work with people here this morning. God is an incredible promise keeper. He's one who keeps his promise. And last person I want to talk to, he promises one amazing thing to you, eternal life. He promises that you will be in his awesome presence forever. And the only way to find that promise is to trust in his sacrifice for you and what Jesus did on the cross. And so maybe today you've never taken that step of fully trusting that, that it's time for you to reconnect with God and who he really is and what he did for your life, that you've never actually crossed the threshold of salvation. You've never taken that step to really lean in and and trust God and believe who he is and what Jesus did for you. And so it's time for you to do that. He's inviting you to do that today. So if you're here and you're wondering what it takes to enter into the kingdom of God. It begins with accepting this gift of forgiveness of Jesus Christ for your sins. It's really important that you take this step, okay? So if you're ready to accept God's invitation, I'm just gonna help you take that step. We're gonna pray a prayer together so you can get that done. You can mark today as the day of your salvation. So we're gonna do that. You can pray this really quick in your seat. You can pray, God, I'm yours. You made me. You made a way for me. And so I first accept that I'm a sinner and that disconnects me from you. I see that my sin needs forgiven and I believe that Jesus came to die for that so that I can reconnect with you through your forgiveness of my sin. So I place my faith in Jesus Christ that his death is the penalty for my sin and I commit my life to being yours forever. I still bowed and and still praying. If you prayed that prayer, we wanna hear from you. I want you to fill out a connect card. Tell somebody who loves Jesus. But the easiest thing to do is fill out a connect card to say, I I prayed to receive Jesus and drop it in the bucket. We wanna get you in the next step. We're not gonna bother you, but we wanna welcome you into the kingdom. We wanna welcome you as a brother or sister. So we wanna get you plugged in with the next step, okay? So fill out that connect card on your way out. Now for all of us, God, help us see who you really are. Help us to get through the barriers that are really getting in the way of us connecting with you. We wanna connect with a God like this. We wanna love how you want us to love. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for how you set us up. We thank you how you made us and that you made a way for us. We thank you for all the amazing life that you want to give us. We want to leave today changed. We want to leave today for you. And so we give you all of this in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I pray this has been a great day for you all today. I hope you come back for the rest of the series as we start looking at how we actually start connecting with this amazing God of ours. So man, be blessed today. Go out there and do something amazing for God and we'll see you next week. All right. See you next time.